You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. We are here for our first live show of the call-up. We've been four months in, but our guest is so massive tonight that we had to bring him to the Twitter public, to the YouTube public live. We are so pumped before we get to our esteemed guest here. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Uh, doing good, Mendy. I'm uh, very appreciative to have you back after being off for a week. I I took a lot of lessons from the doing having to do your job for a week, and I really appreciate what you bring to the table. But uh, I'm very happy to have this guest here today. This is one of the finest prospect minds in the entire world, and I don't say that lightly. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and introduce him. You could call him the Jon Snow of prospect minds. You could call him uh, the he's the uh, pinky or he's the brain to our pinky on this show. Uh, he's just going to be leading us kind of he's leading the dance tonight, you could say, for us here on the call up. You can find him at Aircross04 on Twitter. He's a father. He's the lead fantasy baseball writer over at Fantrax, co-host of the Fantrax Toolshed, one of the best prospect podcasts out there right now in the game. He's also a featured writer over at Fantasy Pros, a contributor to the Black Book. Whew, I need to take a breath. It's a lot here. He's the <laughs> FSWA Baseball Writer of the Year. For 2021, it is my pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, to introduce you to the one and only Eric Cross. How's it going, man? Mendy, it's going good. But if I'm leading this dance, that's not a good thing because I can't dance. Unless <laughs> I've had a couple, you know, uh, adult <laughs> uh, beverages in my system, then I turn into, you know, um, uh, the guy from uh, John Travolta in Greece or something like that. But yeah, I'm not a good dancer. Uh, he's being modest. I, I feel like, like you said, when you get a couple drinks in, you, you're going to wow us on the dance floor. Uh, but you technically lead the prospect dance. If people talk prospects, and this is how I know, because I talked to Michael Richards in the DMs, and there's very few people that he is uh, speechless when I say might come on the show. And you are one of them, my friend. You are the person that makes him gasp. You make me lose my breath reading your intros. There, That means something. So uh, before we get into all the prospects and what we're talking about today, just please tell everybody where they can find all your work and then some of the stuff that you're currently doing right now. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Eric cross zero four. And as you mentioned, fan tracks, well, basically all my writings there do a little bit for fantasy pros as well. And the fan tracks toolshed podcast with uh, Chris Clegg. Actually been doing a lot, a lot of ranking stuff, a lot of like mid season prospect rankings, the, the prospect rankings last Monday, it's like the 25th or whatever of July dynasty rankings came out yesterday, first of August. And we just published our uh, Chris and I did combined top 100 FYPD rankings. We did blurbs in the top 50. So all those rankings are out there. A really fun time getting all the uh, the new prospects into the pool that just got drafted. So that's always that's always a good time of year. Uh, yeah, it's doing a lot of that, and obviously writing up a lot of trade deadline stuff right now. Going to have that article probably out tomorrow. And what a deadline it was, huh? It was, and you definitely 
leading into what we're talking about today. It's a special edition of the call. They trade deadline special. So we've got so many players that were on the move in the big leagues. We saw Juan Soto get moved. We saw Eric Hosmer get moved. Joey Gallo get moved. Don't, <laughs> Eric don't, Hosmer don't bring up Hosmer. Don't you bring up <laughs> Eric Hosmer. I'm already, I'm already like not, I'm, I'm not in a good state right now after Red Sox had like the weirdest deadline I can remember where it's like, I don't know if they're buyers, they're sellers, but Hosmer, come on. It was fantastic. I, I knew as soon as I saw it go down, I was waiting for your tweet to, <laughs> To talk about it but um everybody looks at what the big leaguers are doing what the big leaguers that are traded but what people don't talk about as much is the minor leaguers that are on the move and what we can expect from them in their new situations maybe a quicker rise to the big leagues or maybe they're in a better offensive environment to where they can do even better than they were doing in the minor leagues before so let's kick it off with the first player on this list here who was part of the Juan Soto deal you could say maybe the uh, arguably the best player in the deal depending on who you ask Robert Hassel III, outfielder now going to the Washington Nationals, 20 years old, in high A ball right now. He's having a great season, as you can see on screen here. 11% walk rate, striking out under 20% of the time, 20 steals on the year. So, Eric, I'm going to go to you first. Robert Hassel III is someone I know you talk to on the Fantrax Toolshed podcast. And, again, somebody that I think is going to be a star at the next level. What do you think about this move for him to Washington? Yeah, first off, yeah, speaking with Robert, uh, let me speak to him back in December or January, I believe it was. Great guy, high, high makeup, high baseball IQ. I all the intangibles are there, it seems like with Robert Hassel. So love to see that. And obviously the talent is very good. He's about two weeks shy of turning 21, already performing very well in high A. Like you you have the stats up there. You know, great feel for hit, contact skills are there, the approach is solid. You always love to see, you know, walk rate above 10%, K rate below 20%. Great to see that steals are there, and obviously, you know, in single A, steals are always elevated a bit. But I don't think this is like fully just because of the level he's at. Like this is a plus runner, potential 20-25 steal guy, high efficiency as well. Only been cut nine times out of sixty-three attempts in his career, so love to see that. The the power is really the X factor here with, with Hassel. Like he has, I'd say, above average raw power, and he's got you know ten home runs this year, three hundred and forty-six plate appearances, and a 168 ISO. Those are, those are solid numbers, but a higher ground ball rate above 50%. So if he can really curb that a bit, I think that's to be the difference between him being you know, maybe a 12 to 15 homer guy or being like a 17 to 20 homer guy. I think he can get up near 20, maybe sneaks into the low 20s at peak. I want to see how much bulk he adds to his frame over the coming years. He doesn't have a, a ton of projection left, but you know, still has some projection that adds some more power there. He's got the bat speed, context skills, everything's there. So Maybe he's not like a super sexy fantasy prospect, but he doesn't have like 30 homer pop or 30 steel wheels. But he could be a guy that's like, you know, I said, flirting with 20 home runs, 20 plus steals, good average, good OBP, probably a top of the order type of guy, a lot of runs scored there. So just a really good all around player that thinks to have a, a pretty productive career offensively. Do you see any glaring weaknesses in his game right now besides the lack of power? Not really. So it's just the, uh, the ground ball right needs to be curbed and, if he wants to get into that, like he has the raw power to hit 20, 25 home runs, I think, but just driving the ball in the air more consistently. And I don't think that you, I don't think you necessarily need a swing change. Just, just trying to elevate more, uh, really get to that power. But yeah, there's no real glaring weaknesses to his game. He's got a good approach. He's very, you know, he can recognize spin pretty well. It's pretty, it's a really solid all around profile. Not, not a lot of glittering holes there. All right. And again, that's Robert Hassel, the third, one of the prize pieces going to the Washington nationals. Mike, 
another big deal went down and Asteria Ruiz is going to uh, Milwaukee in a Josh Hader deal. And he is going, he already was sent to AAA, but this is a guy we've talked about him on the show as much as any other prospect. He might be the face of the call-up. He has 60 stolen bases in the minor leagues, was struggling at the big league level. But again, I think as a young 23-year-old, that's expected for a lot of minor leaguers here. What do you think about his situation now in Milwaukee? Do you expect him to maybe get more of an opportunity since there's less offensive talent there at the big league level? What are your thoughts on Asturi Ruiz going now to the Brewers? Yeah, Asturi Ruiz, as you said, we've talked about him on multiple occasions, and those stolen bases are just hard to look past. I, I was talking to a buddy today that's very in tune with all this stuff, and the the batted ball data in AAA is a little bit less than ideal, so there's still a chance he doesn't get into a lot of power, but you just can't look past 60 stolen bases in the minor leagues. I do think this move to uh, Milwaukee is is great for his potential to get playing time. Uh, the ballpark is an improvement as well for fantasy. So I was I was concerned about him. He's someone that I bid on in Fab a few weeks ago, hoping that I could get those stolen bases. And he was at the place where I was getting ready to cut him, I guess, for redraft leagues. Now I'm kind of intrigued to continue holding him. But uh, going forward, I do think he's going to be given every opportunity to be their starting center fielder. I believe Tyrone Tyrone Taylor is the only guy really in the, in the way. So I'm not sure what's going to happen this season, but I do think he's a big part of their future and someone that people are going to want for fantasy if he's able to get into enough power. Yeah. Again, obviously the stolen bases, like you mentioned, are a big asset there and he's somebody that is electric and hopefully he can get some time at triple a and, kind of work on his game a little bit here and come back up and make an impact. Do you think he could be somebody you see batting leadoff for the Brewers to begin next season, possibly? I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty bad at predicting stuff I like know. that. But, I love doing but, that. Uh, if he's if the hit tool is is improved like it seems to be statistically and the speed is definitely elite, then I don't see why not. I mean he seems like a kind of guy you'd want in your leadoff spot if he's capable of getting on base enough. Yeah, he's a very great talent now heading over to the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Let's talk about another guy here and Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, this is a great graphic you found here, That's a here, great Mike. photo. That's great. <laughs> I love this. It reminds me, it reminds me of, uh, what was it, Chris Paddock when he came into like the opening day or whatever it was wearing that big old cowboy hat? Yes, yes. Uh, it's a... Not just a fantastic picture, but a fantastic player going to the Reds in the Tyler Molly deal, which for those that are like twins are acquiring pitching. Remember, they lost Randy Dobnak, Bailey Ober, Chris Paddock and Kenta Maeda this year, who are all currently not pitching for them. So right now it's Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray and oh, Dylan Bundy. Yuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I, this is much needed for their rotation here. Uh, but Encarnacion Strand hitting 302, 374, 612 slash, 25 homers, 8 steals, and 87 games this year. You can see on screen, uh, just been doing a bunch of great things. The The walk rate is a little bit low at 8.7%. K rate a little high at 25.4%. But the ISO at 308 is great. He's also got 162 WRC+. And he's someone that's actually been rising up through the prospect ranks in the Twins organization. He's really kind of come on the scene this year. And... 
uh, somebody that I've been really excited for too. Just we, I think we talked about him on the last show that I was on here a few weeks ago. He's hitting 320 in the month of July. Uh, you know, he had a I think I believe it was three home runs, eight RBIs on the month, but consistently month to month, this is a guy. April hit 410, and then he had a rough month in May, but then June 287, July 320. And I just think has a lot of tools there. I know he didn't necessarily fit in the Twins' long-term plans, but I think he's somebody, again, that I, I don't see too many weaknesses in his profile outside of, obviously, the Ks you would like to lower, but they have gotten lower over time. 2021 A-ball, 28.3%. This year now down to 23.3% in A. The average has gone up steadily from last beginning of this year or beginning of 2022 to the end of 2022 right now where we stand. Uh, and I just think he's a very balanced player. So I, I think he's somebody that right now is not a big name prospect where a lot of people don't necessarily know him as much as others. But I think he could be someone in a couple of years that we're like, oh, wow, like he, we weren't talking about him in the return enough for Tyler Molly. So Christian Encarnacion Strand. This next player is somebody I really like, and he's also been someone we've talked about a lot on this show. Ken Waldachuk, the left-handed pitcher, now for Oakland coming from the New York Yankees in the Frankie Montas trade, playing really great this year. He strikes out a ton of batters. Obviously, as you can see, 116 and 76.1 innings. Also has a nice 271 ERA to go with that. Eric, was this enough as the main piece in the Frankie Montas deal for you? Do you think he has the type of upside that he could be a, a number two or number three for Oakland? You know, maybe a, a back end three. I could definitely see that. I don't think there's, you know, SP2 upside there. You know, Waldenchuk absolutely is, is a very solid arm. I unfortunately never got to see him uh, when he came to double A, just the way the schedules worked out uh, didn't, didn't happen. But he said, you know, the walk rate is a, a tad high, but checks out a lot of batters. Struggled a little bit in July, so that ERA was actually, I think it was like in the low twos when he entered July. Um, like I said, but nothing screams top of the rotation to me, but same time, this is a very solid arm. If he can keep the walks in check, and that was kind of always been an issue for him. You know, last year, K-rate was above 10%. This year, it's a hair above 10% as well. You know, it hasn't hasn't crossed over into worrisome territory for me. You know, you can get by 10% if you can miss bats like he's shown he can do. But when he got up to like 12, 13, or really 12, that's like the the number I, at least for me personally, I look at it and start to get worrisome. I think Jack Leiter's up there right now. D.L. Hall has been up there. So that's why you know I've been kind of hesitant to move them higher in my rankings. But Walter Tuck is a, a very solid arm. Going to Oakland, obviously, you know, he's going to have that spacious ballpark. Obviously, you know if you play in a league with wins, you probably won't get a lot of wins out of him because of Oakland just being terrible. But, you know, should be a guy that could give you a solid ratio, maybe like a 3 5 ERA guy, keep the whip in check, give you a over to strike up for inning, probably like a 25 to 27% K rate guy, which is very solid. So I think he could be, you know, maybe we're looking at him as like a top 50 fantasy SP down the road. So yeah, it's very solid, not a, a great arm, but it's a very good arm for sure. Do you think he could get called up in September to pitch for some for Oakland towards the end of the season? I definitely think so. He's already had 11 starts. Uh, this year in AAA, 359 ERA in those 11 starts uh, with a strikeout rate of around 34%, walk rate around 11%. So, yeah, he's definitely, I think, so who else is going to be in that rotation, really? Like, you know, Cole Irvin. Oof. Yeah, they have, they have some, <laughs> they still have a couple, you know, okay guys there, James Caprellian, but there's not really any reason why you shouldn't give 
water chuck a look here. So, you know, if you have a you know, deeper league where you can stash some guys, you know, maybe it's not a great stash, but a 15 teamer, I think you could have, he could have some value later in the years. I think he will get up for a handful of starts as the, I mean, probably in September or so. Yeah, him and JP Sears, you got to think both of them get some shots to pitch for them. Might as well. Like, what do you get to lose? Like, both of them, like, Sears has already been up for the Yankees. So, you mm-hmm. know, what, why not? That's right. Mike, I'm going to go to you for this next guy here who everybody talks about, and we'll talk about some of the other guys we haven't touched on yet, but we talked about Robert Hassel III, James Wood. You see uh, CJ Abrams. Like, there's all these guys, but this is kind of, I feel like, the one most people are not talking about enough. And Jarlin Susana, who's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the only pitcher going to the Nationals in this trade. Righty, 18 years old. But I've been hearing people talk about him as saying he could be one of the most slept-on players in this deal. He has a lot of upside to him. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, he's only pitched 29 innings as a pro. But he first came on my radar when I was researching the international class coming in. You know, normally I'm kind of dismissive of pitchers, you know, 17, 18 years old at, at that level. But uh, he stood out to me like in a big way versus all the rest of them. So I've just had him on my radar since then. You know, on the season, he's got those 44 strikeouts in 29 innings, a 2.45 ERA, 0.89 whip, nearly 40% strikeout rate, under 10% walk rate. So everything's good there. Uh, he's According to fan graphs here, he's got a 70-grade fastball and a plus slider. He's got to, he's got to develop his changeup a little bit in the command. Those are going to be the two uh, factors into reaching his potential, but he's a six foot six, 235 pound, 18 year old. Uh, this is a, a grown man right here. So if he can put his, put this all together, I do think this is going to be like a front front rotation type of starter. I think this is going to be one of the nationals best pitchers down the line, you know, assuming health. So definitely, I don't really tell people to stash pitching a lot, but if you're going to stash an 18-year-old in rookie ball, this would be one of the very few I would do it with. And the Nationals' farm system is so bare of pitching. I feel like you have Cade Cavalli, I know, but I feel like, I mean, overall their farm system needed a reboot, but I'm sure, obviously, if uh, Susana is, is able to make his way through the rankings, it's not like they're stacked with pitching, so he could you know, work his way up pretty quickly, judging just the early returns we've seen so far. So interesting to keep an eye on him. Let's talk about another pitcher. Padres just kept dealing prospects. And this one, Robert Gasser, left-handed pitcher for the uh, now on the Milwaukee Brewers. He's in high A ball, 23 years old. Eric, I, I know you said you hadn't actually got a chance to see him in person, but just the what you've looked at with him so far, is there... What are your thoughts on him? Do the Brewers have somebody that you're intrigued by? Obviously, he's a lefty and and somebody that, uh, you know, the Brewers seem to really develop their pitching really well. What are your thoughts on him? They do. And San Diego has done a pretty solid job as well developing pitching. But, you know, when when someone like like this goes to a place like Milwaukee or Cleveland or Tampa Bay or the Dodgers, you know, so on and so forth, you always have to be intrigued. You know, the look at the, the surface stats, 418 ERA, 126 whip doesn't really paint the full picture. He's been better than that. He's got a really good slider, solid changeup. And the fastball is kind of lackluster at times, but it's gotten better uh, this year than it looked last year for what I've seen. Maybe it's only like a, you know, 50 grade fastball. It doesn't have a ton of velocity there, but this is a guy that, well, he doesn't have, you know, like the upside of some of these other guys 
that Milwaukee has you know developed lately. It doesn't have the upside of an Ashby or a Woodruff, Peralta, Burns, etc. This could be you know a pretty good like number four type of pitcher. You know maybe you know best case he gets like a, he's like a back end number SP three or something like that. Like I said, you know has a good but not great arsenal. You know command is is pretty solid as well. You know doesn't walk a ton of guys. He only has twenty eight walks in uh, 377 batters faced and compared to 115 strikeouts. So 28 walks, 90 innings. That's pretty solid right there. So I think he's more of like a higher floor guy. Could kind of feel like a back rotation spot. And those guys are, are still valuable and often get slept on in fantasy purposes. And I think people look at, oh, he's 23 and high A. You know, they kind of think, oh, he's old for the level. And he is. He's a bit old for that level. But I, I do think there's a, a good amount of, you know, value to be had here. Not like a sexy upside play. But maybe a guy by the time he you know graduates off to the major leagues, even a top 100 guy, maybe like a top 150, 175 range. I, I, I can see him getting up into that range. I feel like he's in the 250 range for me right now. I'm trying to like pull up my list really quick here. Let's see, Gasser is he's three uh, three eleven for me right now, but definitely one that I think can keep rising with the, the all around skills that he has. That's Robert Gasser. Let's talk about another player here, Eric, who if you're talking about someone that's going after 300 in your rankings, this guy's like almost 300 spots up your rankings. I don't know exactly where you have him at the top of my head, but Noel V. Marte now going to the Cincinnati Reds can play shortstop for them. I know maybe they'll move him off that position. I, I know I've heard that defensively potentially could be issues, but uh, somebody with the bat really can make some noise here. And I know he had a tough start to the year. But what are your thoughts on Noel V. Marte? One, going to arguably the best ballpark in baseball. And two, maybe is there a chance he could have a faster path to the majors now? I'm not sure about a faster path, but I definitely like this move. And if Marte can be had for any type of discount in your dynasty leagues, jump on that. Because, you know, obviously the body is, you know, slightly concerning. I don't think he sticks it short long term. I think he could. I'm not saying he's definitely moving off. But I think if I had to bet $100 my own money, I'd say he moves off probably to third, maybe to a corner outfield. Who knows? They have so many people for the left side of the infield right now. Elliot De La Cruz, Matt McLean, Edwin Arroyo, who they got also got with Marte in that deal for Castillo. So they have a lot of options. But Marte in the you know, high A, the Northwest League is not a great place to be in you know April and May. And you look at his monthly splits. Now he, he's playing in uh, Everett, Washington. Look at his monthly splits, April 257, May 242, June 218. But then, you know, as the weather starts getting heating up a bit here, three in July, slash 384, 455, 709, seven doubles, seven home runs, five steals. And overall in the year, like the power speed was still there. He still had eight home runs and eight steals through the first three months. So that was still there. You know, the, the approach is, you know, solid, not great, but not terrible either. Walk rate. You know, hangs around you know eight to ten percent K rate. He keeps in check. I think this is a guy that's a twenty-five to thirty homer bat, maybe even low thirties now that he's got Great American Small Park to call his home in the next you know year and a half or so. And, and maybe he doesn't run a whole ton. I still think he could be double digit steal guy early in his career. You know, ten to fifteen. Maybe that drops down single digits as he's in like year four or five. He gets into his mid to late twenties. But I think he's a two seventy ish hitter, thirty plus home runs and. You know, a handful of steals. I think he's back to being a you know borderline top ten overall prospect. He was top ten for me start the year. I bumped him down to like around twenty or so due to his struggles earlier in the year. But this hot stretch put him right back up there. He's right up near you know, like Royce Lewis and and G Rod kind of like in that back end top ten range. Uh, so 
definitely a, a great buy right now. I still think he's going to be a very good fantasy prospect. I think his, his value has been elevated even more so now that he's going to Cincinnati. Who do you like more long-term, him or Ellie De La Cruz, who I feel like has become one of the biggest names to pop on the scene this year? I'll go Ellie. I, uh, you know, Ellie's approach is still a work in progress, absolutely. But those that I've talked to, the you know, the quality of his at bats have gotten better. Obviously, I, I don't see Ellie live because Cincinnati's farm teams come nowhere near me. Uh, maybe I'll see him in the, in the Arizona Fall League. I think he could be out there. We'll see. But the quality of at bats have gotten better. Like this, you know, and all the metrics have kind of slowly been getting better. You know, the walk rates coming up, K rates slowly coming down, swinging strike rates coming down a little bit. Still a lot of work to be done there, but the fact that he's making these improvements on the fly while being pretty young for every level he's been at, while still showing that power speed, like he's not sacrificing anything for these improvements. So has that massive power speed, like a, on like a 45, 65 pace or something ridiculous this year. So that type of player, even if he's just 260 hitter, I think he could be like a top 20. I think he's Jazz Chisholm with a little more upside. Like that's the type of player we're dreaming mm-hmm. on here. Obviously. You know, we'll see if that comes to fruition. But yeah, LED of the Cruz, I, I put him number three overall in my prospect rankings behind Ooh, Cor- Corbin like Carroll and Anthony Volpe, who's heating up again after slow start. Same thing, Eastern League, you know, Northeast, not really great for, you know, you know, Mendy, you know, you're in Maryland, you're kind of close to the Northeast up here. So it's not really great to play baseball games in like April and May. So mm-hmm. another guy that's heating back up. But yeah, Ellie, I love Marte, but I, w- I would take Ellie right now. All right. Ellie's not on the rundown, but he needed to be brought up because absolutely does <laughs> that's right so now that i know you have number three if we're in any uh dynasty leagues together and we're drafting i'll make sure i take them from you. i i he, I, he I, met, I number met... one in my uh prospect one adp draft did he real oh, over corbin carroll yeah oh where did he go in mine uh i think he went like five or six if i recall in mine i have to pull it up but he was yeah he was like oh yeah here uh he went actually seven to jesse roche from from baseball prospectus oh wow okay there we go Ellie De La Cruz, no, Ellie Marte. That's going to be quite a left side of the infield if they keep those guys. I, I know, um, I think Ellie De La Cruz has played a couple different positions this year, if I'm not mistaken, too, right? He's played shortstop, third base, and did he play second or was it left? I think, yeah, I thought he played three. I think, I'd have to pull it up. I don't think he played, so he might have. But um, I, I think he says left side of the infield because he's a cannon for an arm, so I think that'd be a waste to put him on the right side of the infield. That makes personally. sense. Let's talk about James Wood who I think is somebody, first of all, he grew up near me and I had no idea he grew up near me until uh, I saw I recently over the last month saw him rising up in the prospect ranks. And then I saw my barber back home cuts, his, cut his hair. And then I was like, <laughs> wait a second. I totally did not realize all this, but James Wood, somebody 19 years old in low a ball. Look at the numbers on the screen at 337, 453, 601 slash line, 10 homers, 45 RBIs, 15 stolen bases. Talking with the Welsh today, just kind of him giving a little report on him. He said he was somebody that he's watched that when it's the lights are you know, metaphorically off and he's in kind of games that don't matter as much, not as many people are watching, he's not the same player that he is. When the lights are on, everybody's watching him. He kind of steps up his game, and it seems like he's more ready to play in those scenarios. That was, again, what the Welsh was saying, just what he's seen of him. He he's really thinks long-term bullish, or he's bullish on him. He thinks that he's going to be a great player, of course, but just pointed that little bit out there. He's somebody that, again, we're talking about players that have kind of burst on the scene recently. He's one of those as well. Mike, James Wood, do the Nationals have themselves a future star in the making here? 
Yeah, they might actually. Uh, I'm I'm really high on this kid at this point. Uh, the the double plus raw power was evident. He's got plus speed as well. He'll probably slow down a little bit as he gets uh, older, but he's a six foot seven, you know, two hundred and forty pound teenager. And th- just like I said last time, I brought him up. The approach that he's shown, he's cut his strikeout rate down almost twenty percent from, or I guess fifteen percent from last year. So. That's really what I'm looking for. I, I, I think this is going to be a huge prospect. Uh, it's another one of these big flashy guys, similar to Ellie De La Cruz in a sense. I don't think he, he'll have as much speed maybe, but big time power and it's going to come down to his hit tool. If it ends up being above average or better, then he's going to be a massive prospect. And just for the record, I I just picked him number 13 overall in that uh, prospect 180p mock, and I was happy about that. So. He's one of the few teenagers that I'm in love with at this point. Again, a great young player. Another young player that's in the Nationals farm system now. Let's talk about Edwin Arroyo, who was, along with Noel V. Marte, the other shortstop going to the Reds in that deal for Luis Castillo. 18 years old in low A ball, over 300 average. He's got 67 RBIs, 21 stolen bases. Needs to get the walk rate up a little, 8.5%. But Eric, Edwin Arroyo, I heard some people say that his upside could even be better than Marte's. There's a few other people I listen to. What are your thoughts on Arroyo and his long-term outlook here? Yeah, and I was, I was just going to mention that. Definitely love Edwin Arroyo, and, and I've heard those same things that you know some people like him more within that organization than, than Marte or in Seattle organization, I meant. But yeah, he's been a fast riser up the rankings this year. Uh, he's, he's approaching top 50 overall for me. I probably could have gone higher. You get the stats right here on the screen in front of you. you got 316, 385, 514, 13, and 21. He actually already stole two uh, two bags in this first game uh, in Cincinnati's org uh, today. So uh, up to 23 steals now. You know, walk rate, you know, it's around, what was it, 8, 8.5% eight or so, but keeps the K rate in check. I think he's a, you know, average to above average power guy plus speed. And he's shown a, a very solid feel for hitting as well. He's, he's a bit aggressive. Want to see a little more patience out of him, but all the ingredients are there for a, a very well-rounded fantasy profile. And I think where he might be able to surpass Noel V, at least from a fantasy perspective, is the speed. If Noel V is a 10-15 still guy, great. If he's more like 5-10, to 10, I think Arroyo could be like 20-25 to 25 in that range while having pretty solid power and probably a little bit better at batting average as well. That's where I think you will see potentially Arroyo being better uh, than Noel V, but he's definitely a quick riser now. Someone that still doesn't get quite as much love as he probably should in uh, dynasty circles. So uh, he's he's a guy that's pushing top fifty that you can probably get for a price tag that's more like top one hundred to one twenty five at this point. So great target, love the upside, and if he continues raking in uh, since he's over the rest of the season, you could see him top twenty five in, in my rankings by end of the year. I think he's at that type of upside. Wow, now. You would expect Noel V. Marte. You would expect uh, Cross. You think he debuts sometime next year, potentially, um, with Edwin Arroyo. He's probably still a few years away, right? Like maybe 2025 or something like that. Yeah, I think I've kind of been pegging uh, Marte for like late 23, early 24. He probably, you know, maybe he gets double A this year. If not, he'll probably start in double A next year, get triple A. So yeah, he's like late 2023, early 2024. And I think Arroyo is probably about a year behind that. So second half of 24, first half of 25 or so. Got between Arroyo, Marte, 
uh, De La Cruz. There's going to be a, that whole infield for the Reds is going to be just nuts. Yeah, Holy it's, moly. It's going to be a really potentially a very fun team in like three years. Yeah. So keep an eye on the, the Reds and their prospects here. Let's talk about Victor Acosta, another player <laughs> with the Reds. This was the other piece of the Castillo trade, another shortstop. Obviously not talked about quite as much as the other two players here, but someone that has some potentially some promise here, Mike. Yeah, uh, Victor Acosta, I, I wanted to bring him up because he was one of the big standouts last year in the Dominican Summer League, and his stats right now in the Complex League aren't standing out necessarily, but I still think it's way too early to be given up on this guy. I still view him as a really nice prospect. I actually see this kind of as a buy low by the Reds. Um, he's I, I'm not sure that there's going to be a lot of power. He's kind of a smaller guy, but the speed is definitely legitimate, and I've liked his approach even when he's been about average this year. You know, 99 WRC plus, he's still showing a decent approach there. And, you know, I like to, the thing that's missing in his profile right now is power, and I'm not sure it's going to come. But as I've said before, I like to use these prospects that are not really well known or really valued highly at the moment and play the stock market with them. So he's someone I would just get thrown into the back end of deals. And if if he reemerges kind of what he was last year, He's going to be someone who jumps back up lists. So I just see him as a good uh, overall target for dynasty managers and for the Reds. Now, I did say he was in the Castillo deal. I did meant to say that he was in the Brendan Drury deal. Now, Mike, do you think that he was enough of a return for what Drury has done? Or do you think that potentially that wasn't as high a prospect as you might have tried to get for Drury? I was a little surprised that they didn't get more just because how good Drury's been. And I, I think it would have been fine if Acosta would have had discontinued how good he was last year. He'd kind of be viewed as like a back-end top 100 guy or even maybe a little higher. And then it would kind of make sense to me. I think it's going to work out for the Reds long-term, though. Another, again, another player in the Reds organization now. Let's talk about a, pl- a team we have not talked about yet, the Marlins. And them acquiring Jordan Groshans. He's going to be a third-base shortstop prospect, A. Maybe even see him play some this season now for the Marlins. Obviously, they need some hitting. Only one home run so far in 279 plate appearances at AAA. Two steals, 24 RBIs. Eric, what do you think about Jordan Groshans? Does he be somebody that in fantasy you think could make an impact for maybe this year or early next year? Not this year, not next year, not the year after that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not. You, everyone see that 250 batting average on the, on the graphic right now. That's about where I have him in my prospect rankings. I think I have my 251 or 252, somewhere in that range. He's a guy I saw a ton when he came through AA New Hampshire in the Eastern League. It's about a two-hour drive from my house. And obviously, they play here in Portland a lot. I think this team we face the most is the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Like, the contact skills, you know, you might not see him with the 250 average, but those have always been really solid. I think he's, uh, what is he, a career in the minor leagues? 283 career hitter. He was 291 last year, 337 in uh, low A back in 2019. Those have always been there. The approach has always been pretty solid as well. Uh, you see, you see the stats there as well. But never has provided any speed. Like two, the two steals this year account for two thirds of his career minor league steal. He has three and two hundred eighteen games. Speed is never going to be a factor in his profile. And the power, I thought back, you know, when I was kind of started the fade, I'm like, all right, this guy's like a twelve to fifteen homer guy. Like he's got good bat speed. And he can really drive the ball, but he's more of like a gap to gap, you know, put a you know, line drive to the gap type of hitter. 
doesn't elevate. The, the swing is pretty flat through the zone. And the fact that he's not a huge, he's probably like a 50 grade raw power guy. Combine that with, you know, the bat path. And it just doesn't, you know, make me think of big homer totals down the road. Like I said, I'm not even sure if he's double digit homer. Maybe he's eight to 10 with little speed and a solid average in OBP. I think he's, he'll have potentially some value in deeper leagues, but that's probably about it right now. I've been fading him pretty hard. Like I say, he's top about top 250 for me now. So if someone's still willing to give you a, you know, a top 100 price tag for him or even top 150 price tag, you know, the, the time to sell was actually probably a year ago, but definitely now get out. I don't think there's a lot of value here moving forward. Is that genuinely in your mind, the best time to buy or sell prospects is when they're traded because if people see perceived value in a new situation and you're out on that player that you can get more value than they would be otherwise. Yeah, I definitely think it's a pretty solid time because their their name is in the news, whether it's good or bad. You know, that's their name's in the news and people think, oh, if Miami's looking to get this guy. And I'm not saying I'm smarter than Miami, obviously, but if Miami's looking to get this guy. Oh, maybe there's something there. But you just look look at the profile. You watch video of him. And I said, I've seen him a lot live, probably eight to ten times if I had to venture a guess. I just don't see it. Like, I, I think there's still a, a path to maybe being a – 275 type of hitter, you know, with a good like 340, 350 OBP, but not a lot of power speed. He'll be like a, a poor man's version of a poor man's version of Luis Arez. I think that's what he we're looking at here with <laughs> maybe a little more power than Arez, but not by much. But yeah, this this could be a good time with it, with his name being in the news. Would, would be a bad time to kind of see what you can get in your uh, dynasty leagues. All right, Eric says try to trade Mr. Groshans. This is the time. Do it. All right, Logan O'Hop. Catcher for the Los Angeles Angels now. He was traded in the David Robertson deal. and Or not in the David Robertson deal, excuse me. What deal was he traded in? I've not to uh, deal with my trade. Brendan Marsh. That was the Brendan Marsh trade. Thank you. Yeah. I knew um, so many trades today. I'm losing <laughs> track here. Right. <laughs> uh, but he's at, at age 22 in double A. Uh, a nice catching prospect here. Obviously, the Angels could use some offensive help here. And he's doing good things in the minor leagues right now. Mike, do you think he's their catcher of the future or is he just kind of another guy to you? I've actually liked Logan O'Hoppy for a while. Uh, I I feel like he wasn't talked about enough over the last year and a half or so just compared to other catchers. And it started to come around this year. Uh, I mean, he's up in the upper levels. He's not too old for the eight level. He's got a nearly 400 OBP with a nearly 500 slugging. Nice 15-6, you know, good approach, decent pop, like, I'd say he's an above average hit tool with the above average pop, which is pretty much all you can ask for from a catcher. Uh, he's not going to kill your batting average. So uh, I do. I do think he's probably the catcher of the future for the Angels, unless they have other plans I'm not aware of. But uh, he's he's a good player. He's, he's a good, solid player. And I, I thought it was a good move for them, especially if they're if they've moved on from Brandon Marsh. All right. Logan O'Hoppy again, another, there's so many great catchers coming up right now. I know Henry Davis, uh, and then, uh, Shay Langoliers and obviously like you saw, uh, MJ Melendez and Adley Rushman this year, there's just tons and tons of them. So it's really cool for that position right now. Let's touch on the last player we're going to talk about. There's been so many minor leaguers changing farm systems, but this will be the last one we cover for tonight's show. Spencer steer, the other piece, the other major piece, I would say, in the Twins deal to the Reds can play all different positions on the infield now in the Reds organization. 
has spent time both in double A and triple A, 269, 361, 528 slash. He's got 20 home runs and 64 RBIs. Someone again, I, I was a big Christian and Carnacion strand guy. I think he's the best player in this deal, but Spencer Steer, Eric, is he somebody else that we should keep an eye on? I think so. Yeah, he's always been kind of intriguing because uh, offensive potential has always kind of been there. Even last year, he started showing a little bit of that. Had 24 home runs and eight steals, 254, 348, 484 slash line in 110 games between low A, excuse me, uh, high A and double A. And this year, moving up double A and triple A. You know, I don't know how much average he hits for. I wonder if he's more, you know, like a 250 type of hitter, but solid pop in the profile like a like a 2022 homer guy not like a ton but and he could run a little bit as well so maybe the overall profile isn't you know overly appealing but i think if he can find find a spot so he's played i think second third and yes and that's all this year too second third and short uh mostly at third it's been the spot he's played the most uh at least this year so who knows where he ends up defensively he's kind of one of those guys that might be be a, a super utility type long term but guy that could hit, you know, 250 with 25, 20 to 25 home runs and, you know, five to five, six steals or so. Those still guys still have values. It's all about if he can become a full-time player. We'll see. But definitely some intrigue there, especially in deeper leagues. Yeah, again, that's Spencer Steer, another infielder going to the Cincinnati Reds. I'm sure at some point they're going to have to trade some of all the, the infielders <laughs> right. that they have on that team. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up here. Our longest episode of the call up, but with so many players and then a guy like Eric on the show, we had to make sure we brought it for y'all tonight. Eric, please obviously plug all the stuff you're doing, but then also plug where they can find your Patreon for Fantrax tool shit. Cause if you want this stuff from Eric, you can get it all the time in their Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on guys. This was a lot of fun. These 40 minutes flew by. Uh, yeah. The, the Patreon is patreon.com slash Fantrax tool shed. A lot of fun stuff there. We have uh, multiple tiers. We do extra podcasts, written work from both Chris and I. Uh, the really, the, I think the the most fun perk we offer is a live looks at our our prospect and dynasty rankings. Like we have a Google Sheet we have access to. It's our seventy grade tier, so you don't have to wait for you know every month, month and a half when we post updates on Fantrax HQ. So we're updating them at least. I usually at least every Saturday, Sunday, I'll sit down do my updates. Sometimes multiple times a week if I have time. So you can see those live. You don't have to wait a month and a half. So I think that, that's pretty cool. Both Chris and I do that for prospect and dynasty rankings and FYPD as well. And all those rankings, I just posted updates on HQ over the last week. Prospects was last week. Uh, dynasty was yesterday on Monday. And then uh, today we did our FYPD combined top 100 from Chris and I was blurbs on the top 50. So a lot of that stuff out there, a lot of good ranking stuff. It's a fun time of year, trade deadline stuff as well. I'm working on a trade deadline piece right now. I'll finish uh, writing later tonight. Uh, so that'll be out on Wednesday, probably. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun stuff. But thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, man. I'm actually pulling up your top 400 from July 25th because I want to see Andrew Painter 61. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Yeah, Andrew that, Painter that, Andrew Painter's my guy. Just That puts that puts him, like, I think, top 10 or 12 in terms of Actually, I could tell you where it puts him in pitching here. If uh, let me sort, do a quick sort here. For pitchers, he is so it goes: Girod, Espino, Yuri Perez, Taj Bradley, Harrison, Gavin Williams, Tiedemann, Max Meyer. I I moved uh, Meyer down since then because of the injury. Uh, Bayo, then Painter. So what's that? 11, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah, eleventh uh, overall for pitching prospects. That's fair. 
He's, I mean, he's a beast. I've, I've been getting really hyped watching him. Yeah, he, he's really fun. I can't wait to see him, both him and Mick Abel, because Philly's double-A team is in uh, Reading, which is in the Eastern League where the My Sea Dogs are. So hopefully we'll be able to see, see them both probably next year. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to, I'm actually moving to uh, where the, uh, or the double-A, what are they, the, the Blue Claws? Um, oh, Blue Claws, yeah, the, the, that's single-A. Oh, is it, um, what is the, it's the, uh, he played. I, that's where I'm moving to. Is where that is. So like, uh, I was. I guess I I missed my chance to see him. Is, that, I, is, I he still, is he in Double A now? Now Painter's still in High A, unless I missed something. So he's so he should be for the Blue Claws then right now. Yeah, I think I believe so. I just can't remember which uh, what city they're in, but it's in New Jersey. Uh, let's see, the Blue Claws are. They're in a Jersey Shore. Delaware. Jersey Shore Blue Claws. Yeah, I'm moving. Oh, to Jersey, New Jersey Shore. That's right. There's another team in Wilmington too. I, I always get those two mixed up for some reason. <laughs> Mike's just like David. Wrap the show up. We're done here. Mike, <laughs> go ahead and uh, any articles you're doing or anything you want to plug. Uh, yeah, I've, I guess I'm, I've been kind of working my way through the different levels uh, for fan tracks. In uh, my next, my I guess my last one is the Dominican Summer League. So I've been working on that, and that's coming out this weekend. Just all the all the biggest. Uh, pop-ups and different players that have caught my attention from that level for deep dynasty leagues and check out again all eric's great work over at fan tracks all michael's great work at fan tracks i have not ridden in the last three weeks just because with traveling and now i'm getting ready to move it's been very hectic for me so i will get back to writing for fan tracks and all the great more stuff that's over there uh probably hopefully closer to the end of the month but if you cannot already tell fan tracks anything you need for any type of this baseball stuff, you got to go over to fan tracks. That's where all this great writing and podcasts and everything is going out there, but appreciate all you guys for checking out the call. If you are enjoying the show every week, please make sure that you are like, and subscribe to the triple play YouTube channel where you won't miss it when it comes out every single week. Also, if you listen on the podcast, we pop out every week there too, and you can give us five stars. It's always appreciated, but for Eric, for Mike, I'm D Mendy. We will catch you all next week for call-up week 18.